Hey, governors. I've always been curious, so I thought I'd pop up here to the cockpit while your normal pilot was in the lavatory. And let me tell you, it's absolutely brilliant, mate. There's so many lights and buttons and... Uh, hang on. Uh, excuse me, what are you doing in here? No worries, as you were. I was just talking to all the blokes on your fine aeroplane. You don't talk to them. Only I talk to them. All right, all right. No reason to get aggro. Get out of here now. Shove off, mate. I'm leaving. But good luck flying without this. Whatever this thingamabob is. <laughs> Welcome to Piloting the Pilots, the podcast where two ambivalent TV viewers watch television pilots and let you know which shows soar to the highest heights of small screen or crash and burn. My name is Aaron. With me, as always, is my lovable husband, Cameron. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Kind of want to get to know Terry Nation and right. find out what other predictions he's got inside of him. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to, like, Marty McFly this and uh, put some... Put <laughs> right. Some and investments down. <laughs> before we begin, I would like to put out a warning... Um, if any of our listeners have the slightest bit of anxiety over what's currently happening right now, yes. don't watch this show. You can listen to this podcast, but please don't watch this show. Uh, the show we watched is Survivors from 1975. Yes, it was a, a they remade. This is actually the show yeah. that you've been. I've been talking about. about this one for a few weeks, and you finally figured out what it was. I couldn't remember the title. Right. And we found, I just had vague recollections. We found it's 2008 it came out. Yeah, that was the remake. was the remake. And that's when I watched it. And so. then we did a little more digging and found out that was yeah. actually a remake of yeah. a 1970s show called Survivors. And we were like, well, that will be a little bit more fun to do. Yeah, we were like, yeah, this is going to be fun. We should have just done Zomboat. Oh, my gosh. Zomboat would have been way more fun. This like, was... we were doing Contagion Month as sort of a joke. You know, zombies, vampires. Right, right. And stuff like that. And our Casper Van Dien movie is Alpha Wolf, which is werewolf contagion. Yeah. Lycanthropy, um, it's a real thing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> In Romania. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, where was I going with this? This, this show this was, was harrowing. This was too real, Roy. This, this, is, this is too real. <laughs> and uh, it's really quite real. frankly disturbing. It's amazing and so very well done. We had to divide our um, job duties on this one because right. we were running out of time. Mm-hmm. And I got to choose the reviews. Mm-hmm. Well, finding reviews for a show made in 1975 was really difficult. But when we did find them, they're all basically five stars. And there is a real reason for this. Yes. It, it, I would say it definitely earns its five stars. It's probably yes. the best best show we've done on this show yes yes like like yes, legit not joking like yeah this not is act- joking this is actually really impressive yeah very good real this, women this it is so mind-boggling mm-hmm. to see real women and it was 1970s and having and choosing yes. two women of different um classes classes to lead your show yes there are they don't fall into real stereotypes Mm -hmm. of women they're just like kind of go-getter they are real and it is 
quite frankly amazing because even shows done nowadays, they don't have real women. Right, right. They have stereotypes of women. They have these caricatures of what women are. Mm-hmm. I bitch about it all the time. I call them SFCs. They're ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But these women are real, and they're very, really yeah. impressive. Yeah, they're they're strong characters in the sense that they are three-dimensional characters yes. rather than they can kick a zombie in the tooth. Yes, exactly. You know, or something like that. Exactly. So, these... that, so a real character. Yes, they are very impressive. As in fully realized. Yeah, it was... Um, like and I said, it was it even was more gripping. impressive because it was written by a man. So I'm like, wow, you understand women. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I guess before we get more into this. Yes. But I do. But I, I did want to put up that warning. I agree with that spoiler warning. Yes. Or not spoiler. It's a but warning. To, but like, I guess a trigger warning. Is that the right yeah, term? Yeah, trigger maybe? warning. Yeah. Like, this was amazing. Yes. But it was also, I felt like, and this is despite the fact that we watched this on YouTube, and it was like watching it underwater. <laughs> it was terrible sound quality, terrible like, video quality. I noticed near the end, my entire body was clenched. Yes. Like, and you're like kind of hunched over yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's extremely so, terrifying. So it's not um, a fun show. No. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's an interesting show, given mm-hmm. current climate. But anyway, before we get into that, we'll do a little bit of listener uh, feedback. feedback. Yeah. So we got one thing from John A., good old Mm -hmm. John A., Mm -hmm. and he asks us, Greetings, pilots, on uh, the Fear of the Walking Dead. I did it. You keep Uh, saying Fear of the Walking (laughs) Dead. You just got to fear them. Well, you know, you fear the show, The Walking Dead. I fear that. It's true. (laughs) On the Fear of the Walking Dead episode, you mentioned your enjoyment of the modern crop of monster movies, such Mm -hmm. as the recently discussed Shark to Pussy versus Werewolf. Excellent. Does this extend to classic universal monster movies as well? Mm. Maybe the 1950s atomic age like Them, Tarantula, or even the literal enormous (laughs) turkey movie, The Giant Claw, trailer below. (laughs) Just curious to hear your take. I love this stuff. Keep up the great work. Um, enjoying the podcast, John A. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, John A. So, I mean... Okay, well, I grew up on monster movies. Yeah. And I, I've been thinking about this since you told me mm-hmm. about his question. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm trying to, you know, actually formulate a decent answer. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, want, I want polysyllabic words in this response. Exactly, exactly. I want to sound really erudite and... Like oh, that's some... not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I grew up watching monster movies because mm-hmm. my dad loved them. Now, let me give some background on my dad. Okay. He was the last of the great mountain men. He was that. <laughs> he had a big old bushy beard. He did have Those that. Duck Dynasty hacks are just ridiculous. My dad was an actual mountain man and yeah. a redneck. But he was also a, a and, surprisingly against type. He was very liberal. Oh, he was very liberal. My dad was not sexist or racist. What he cared about was... Are you capable? Yeah. It didn't matter what your gender was, what your color was. Are you capable? <laughs> we would have liked to have him during this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But what was funny to me was he grew up watching these original monster movies. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he was like, you know what movie terrified me the most? The Swamp Thing. And so he, you know, showed me that movie. Was it The Swamp Thing or The Thing from Another Planet? Uh, I think it was The Swamp Thing. Okay. Because The Swamp Thing Or maybe it was The Thing from Another Planet. It was one of those two. Mm-hmm. And it was <laughs> terrible. Right. And my dad was like... This movie scared me so much, and I realize now why it did. Okay. This was completely brand new for that generation. Yeah. 
guys wrapped up in toilet paper acting as mummies was was so completely brand new. This isn't something they had ever seen before or right. really even imagined before. Well, That's why H.G. Wells was such a big deal. That's why um, there's so many authors of that time mm-hmm. that were so popular because these were so new. Right. You know, aliens, monsters. This was a big deal. Well, everything we have now is built upon the stuff that comes exactly. before. It's like the original people. Well, I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but like... That idea where they sat people down to see the train footage and mm-hmm. like they everyone freaked out because they thought the train was coming to hit them. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. I mean, that was very basic cinema. Yeah. And then you're talking 40, 50 years later or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So my dad was never scared of anything, mm-hmm. but he was scared of these monster movies. Mm-hmm. And even though I laugh at these monster movies because yes. they're hilarious, mm-hmm. if you think about it, seeing a shark in real life might just be a little terrifying. <laughs> but we all know it as entertainment. Yeah. But for somebody of my dad's generation from way back in the day, we're talking 1940s. Right. This was... Probably a, later than that, This actually. was a really big old. deal. My, my dad was quite old, honey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just happened to be one of the youngest okay. siblings. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> You can see how terrifying it was for them. And so while I laugh at it, I fully respect every single monster movie that I watch. Because I recognize the impact it had on an Mm -hmm. entire generation. I don't particularly like the Beatles, but I respect what they did. Right. And you're... You're right to respect them, but you're yeah. wrong to not like them. I know, I know, I know. It's 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 a bias. But <laughs> well, but that's what I'm saying with this is, yeah, these are absolutely amazing movies. Right. And they deserve our respect, uh, no matter how silly they are. Right. I, In terms of universal monster movies, just in general, <laughs> universal monster movies, I'm assuming John is referring to Dracula, Frankenstein, right, right. Bride Wolf of Man. Frankenstein, Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Creature from the Black Lagoon. I love those movies. I think they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Not even ironically. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think... Um, well, there was always some sort of important moral right. to gain from these monster movies, too. Invisible Man is a legit great movie, even though we've made fun of the book. Uh, the original movie? The original movie yeah. with Claude Rains. And Creature from the Black Lagoon, surprisingly <laughs> enough, is very entertaining. You're right. Dracula is, oddly enough, my least favorite. Yeah. I think it's the most boring out of all of them. Probably because it's now so overdone. Probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's It's got all the elements. It's lost its flavor. It's got all the elements of even the Dracula show we watched yeah. recently, because obviously it's based on the same source material, but it doesn't quite work as well. Right. As, as, as around. But, like, yeah. yeah, those are legitimately great movies. Yeah, to me, they're chewed bubblegum Dracula is. In terms of the <laughs> 1950s Atomic Age stuff, I love that stuff. And Yes. Uh, it is cheesy. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, in fact, one of the first presents, I don't know if you remember this, one of the first presents you ever got me uh-huh. was, like, from a dollar bin at, like, a Walmart or something. It was a mm-hmm. DVD of, mm-hmm. I want to say she had two brains or the Atomic <laughs> Brain. Uh, it was great. It, there's a, there yeah. is a Mystery Science Theater yeah. 3000 episode, but you got me the actual movie. Not, yes, of not, course. Yeah. And these are the gifts. So they, I these are the things we built like. our relationship upon. <laughs> and from my perspective, the reason why I like those movies mm-hmm. is probably the same reason I we just said I right. don't really like the Dracula one, or at least it's not my top mm-hmm. tier Universal monster movie, because 
they were always so original. Yes. Like, it doesn't matter to me so much as quality, mm -hmm. so much as the idea that you're swinging for the fences and trying yes. to do something new. Yes. Well, that's why I really like Ed Wood. I mean, a lot of people come down on him for oh, having crazy Oh, I love Ed Wood. yeah. But The Bride of the Beast is one of my favorites. Yeah, exactly. And I could watch that one over is and over Is that the one where she marries a gorilla? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, that one's great. <laughs> I love all of his stuff. I'm I, a huge fan, and not ironically. Yeah, not ironically, because mm -hmm. it's not about competency so much as you know what he did great for the tools he had for doing with the tools he had yeah and just to come up with something that you don't see exactly you know and mm -hmm. i i appreciate that and i will always respect that oh definitely and yeah i mean i might watch it with a sort of smirk on my face oh they but, give me great entertainment but, <laughs> but the, it's not a mean no there's never a it's big not out of hate watching and I, I I think there's very few things I hate watch. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things I watch I know are not good. Right. But there's not a vindictiveness about mm -hmm. the way I watch these things. This is exactly. why I like bad movies, just yeah. in general, like quote unquote bad movies, mm -hmm. because usually those are the movies that are doing the most. Exactly. They're swinging for the like I said, yep. they're swinging for the fences. Yeah. Whether they you know hit it out of the park or not it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It's entertaining. They're trying. It's entertaining to see Casey strike out. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, the answer to your question, yes, we absolutely do. Yes, we absolutely place. do. And I'm going to have to watch The Giant Claw because I've never seen The Enormous Turkey movie. Yeah, it looks I didn't great. know that existed. You didn't see the trailer. I just, while you were uh, coming in here, I, I played the yeah. trailer just a little bit. Yeah. Even without sound in it, looks fantastic. Oh, I have to watch so it. So, I'm going to have to watch it. I have to one. watch it. From Cam in Japan, mm -hmm. he just wanted to let us know that Aaron's, your <laughs> transformation of Do Kong into Donkey Kong <laughs> Now had him imagining fighting him fighting shark to puss and he, he starts to lose. He's right. on the ropes. He's about to get beat handily. And just when you think uh, shark to puss is going to win, the protagonist uh, or shark to puss is about to kill the protagonist Donkey Gong, <laughs> which is Dugong plus Donkey Kong. He comes charging back into battle with his swordfish friend from Donkey Kong Country, and he's wearing a necktie. Of now course. you see, this is why you watch Shark to Puss versus Werewolf. Exactly. Because it creates a fun dialogue that you don't have to worry about weirdness coming in, like politics or religion. You can just have a great time. Great time. That's why I love these types and, of movies. And, and Cam from Japan here is definitely like, yeah. his, his imagination is fired exactly. by this. Like, it doesn't have to be the end. No. Shark to Puss versus Whale Wolf. Mm -hmm. It's the discussions and where you, where that thought takes you exactly. afterward, which is which is what's fun. Exactly. And Not it, everything has to be dark and heavy. It's like a difference between like a passive movie watching mm -hmm. experience and an active movie watching experience. Exactly. And I find really really good movies and really really bad movies have a tendency to have you discuss have mm -hmm. more to talk about. Exactly. That's just when it, the worst thing is to have a middle of the road movie mm -hmm. that you're just like okay. Yeah. Sure, whatever, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so there we go. So there we go. All right. All right. So back to our current oh, show. Oh, right. Let's, oh, my gosh. Let's, let's get oh my heavy. God. I got to get back into this. Let's mess, get heavy so. because this is not fun. So let's get IMDb Cooper in we here. We should have gone with Zombo. We should have gone. <laughs> should have gone with Zombo. No. I, like, I remember the remake of this show, Survivors, in 2008, and I was uh -huh. like, hey, this is pretty good. But we didn't have a pandemic at the time. Oh, my gosh. It was complete science fiction. Fiction. This guy is a straight-up Nostradamus. Like, he almost calls it... Well, I mean, uh, we'll talk about it. There's social like, distancing. There's self-isolation. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Every single thing that we're going through right now, mm -hmm. he talked about 45 years ago. <laughs> that, like, if anyone had just watched it back right. then, they'd be like, this is... 
exactly how it's playing out right now. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying, actually. So anyway, so let's get Cooper in here. All right, the show synopsis is... A community of survivors struggles to stay alive in the wake of a global pandemic known as the death that wiped out 99% of humanity. Okay? Wow. That's quite That's a, bit. a lot. That's a lot. And then for the episode, it, this episode was called The Fourth Horseman, who mm-hmm. is death. Mm-hmm. And it says, A strange disease sweeps through Britain and the world with amazing swiftness. Abby Grant searches for her son. I am so glad for this, by the way, because I had no idea what their names were. Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, I'm going to call her Rich Girl and yeah. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jenny, thrust out of her city life, wanders through the country around London, trying to find a way to survive. Yeah, that, that synopsis does not do this credit. No. Not at all. And I'm going to just say this. This might sound a little disrespectful when I'm going through the actors and their credits. They are all extremely prolific. Okay. However, when I do this, I try to pick up movies that people have heard of right. or shows that like are are familiar or if they've been inside like a real turkey, I like to kind of bring that one up right. too. These people are all extremely talented, very, very prolific. Mm-hmm. However, okay. I am not as familiar with British cinema or right. TV. Right. Outside of like Monty Python, Faulty Towers, right. that kind of stuff. Father so, Ted. Father Ted, IT crowd, <laughs> mostly comedies. Yeah. So when I say like Survivors is like their biggest credit, mm-hmm. I don't want that to sound like the knock that it is. Because A, yeah. Survivors is fantastic. Oh, for sure. And B, I don't know if I said A. I may have said one. I may have just pulled up. <laughs> one, B, and C, and number four. <laughs> From Home Alone, what's his name? <laughs> I don't want that to sound like a, yeah. uh, I'm poo-pooing on it. Yeah. But anyway, the show stars Carolyn Seymour. She plays Abby Grant. The she, rich girl. The, she's the rich woman. Mm-hmm. We're going to call her, yeah, Richie Rich. You're a rich girl. <laughs> we need some hollow notes up in here. <laughs> Yeah, the, all in notes. Um, she was in Congo. Really? Yeah, I don't know who See, she See, well, I think it's because it was so blurry, this production that we, we were watching. We might have recognized who they were. That it was hard to see clearly their faces. Right. So, yeah, this is probably why we don't recognize her. Uh, she was in the Mortal Kombat sequel, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I have not seen that one. I've only Neither seen the I. first one. Okay. And she was a voice in Mass Effect 2 as Dr. Chuck was. No way! See, I knew you, that's why I kept that one, because I knew oh. you would appreciate that one. I've been wanting to replay the Mass Effect trilogy so badly, but, you know, you can't. I mean, they really yeah. need to get on it and, like, Yeah, re-release it. this. I mean... I mean, BioWare's tanking as is. <laughs> re-release Mass Effect trilogy. You might get some money back. You're like, Andromeda was a mistake. I Here's will the ones throw you... money at BioWare for the Mass Effect trilogy re-release. Uh, you really would. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also have Lucy Fleming, who plays Jenny Richards. I am so glad I got these actors right in order there. Because, right. like, you don't know if she's Lucy okay. in the show or Lucy in real life. <laughs> well, this is like like British TV show. There's three seasons of 36 total episodes. Right. And like a lot of British shows, people come and go. Right. So just because they were in more episodes doesn't mean they're the main character. Okay. So I actually did hit it right. So we got Abby and we got and Lucy Fleming plays Jenny Richards. Mm-hmm. Survivor seems to be her biggest credit, but by far her only credit. She's okay. done a lot. Uh, we have Talfrin Thomas, who plays Tom Price. Hmm. I'm not sure who that was in the show. Was he the doctor? No, because we have Dr. Bronson. But there was actually oh. two doctors in the show. Yeah, so there was. Sure. But he was in Doc- Doctor Who. And I should say 
that one of Terry Nation's other big shows at the time was Doctor Who. He had been writing right. for Doctor Who since the 60s okay. through the 70s. He also was doing, oh, there was another big Brit. Oh, the Avengers. He okay. did the, you know, the old British right, Avengers, right. not okay. the uh, Marvel Universe Avengers. Yeah, I kind of figured. Uh, he played Tom Price. He was in Doctor Who and Survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Peter Bowles, who played... I recognize that name. I did, too. <laughs> but, uh, his name was David Grant in the show, and I just put more British <laughs> crap. I'm like, I don't know. Nice. Uh, we had P- Peter Copley, who played Dr. Bronson. He was in Help mm-hmm. and in the Terry Pratchett TV movie, The Color of Magic. The made-for-TV movie? Yeah, he was I one I love of, The Color of Magic. He was one of the elderly wizards, you know. Was he the main elderly I wizard? don't know. Oh, I don't know. This is going to bug me. Uh, Survivors was released April 16th. 1975. Oh, and just so our listeners know, right now it's free on YouTube. We don't know how much longer it's going to remain free on YouTube. But you should watch uh, it. But right now well, it's free on YouTube. I don't want to encourage people. If you don't want to watch that right now, I understand. Yeah. But, but right now it's free. Don't don't go out of your way to Yeah, I tweeted it. this out since we didn't have a show for you guys at the end mm-hmm. of the last episode. I tweeted it out if you follow our Twitter uh, feed mm-hmm. that it was on YouTube. And again, yeah. like you said... YouTube, I mean, I, I don't see them, like, rushing to take it down. Right. It's a 45-year-old show with poor quality, uh, yeah. visual quality, but you never know. And if you yeah. are interested, I mean, the only other way you could watch this, we found, was to pay $100 Jeez. for the DVD set. So it's not easy to find. No. But the number one song in April 16th, 1975, was Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. That's where we were. That's where we were. I, I'm One of my favorite Elton John songs, really. Mm-hmm. Or one of my favorite El- popular Elton John songs. I like a, a lot of his yeah. deep cut stuff. And the number one movie in America was Shampoo. Okay. Which sounds familiar, but I don't Isn't really... it that musical? That's, that's, that's hair. hairspray. That's hairspray. And right. Hair. And hair. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hair-based musicals. Musicals, yeah. yeah. And head. The monkey's head. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into this show a little bit. Now, you've seen the 2008 version, so you probably Right, but remember, it's still foggy because I didn't even remember the title of the show. Right, right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's 12 years old. A lot has happened in these past 12 (laughs) years. I feel like we should separate out our time periods into eras or ages. Right. Like right now, we're in the fallen age. Right. You know, there's... (laughs) We should change things here. (laughs) Uh, But for me, because I did watch Mm -hmm. the remake... I did know that there was going to be a female protagonist okay. that we were going to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the remake, she's a doctor. Right. And she goes around trying to get people together. Now, do you like the idea, we were talking about strong female characters, mm-hmm. does she need to be a doctor or could she just be like this she elite, was a doctor um, because sense? Uh, she was a doctor because they cut out all of the other doctors. Right. So she was at ground zero when all this okay. is happening. Okay. And that's why she... Spoiler dies. Does that does that work though? Do you th- do you like that better that she was a doctor, or do you like it better that she was more of like a normal normal ish person? No, I I really liked her as a, a rich spoiled woman in this. I think it kind of works. Better, yeah, because it way. shows what women are capable of. It's yeah. like doctors, you, you don't, don't really have, have to, to be, worry. Yeah, you don't. It have was like to I was be. saying during the the last episode. I'm not worried about the guy with the gun. I'm not. I'm not worried about the sheriff. Right. Right. I'm not really worried about doctors. They're perfectly You're worried capable. About this spoiled I'm worried about who, the spoiled rich woman who doesn't know any better. Right. Okay. That's who I'm worried about. Yeah. All right. So go on. Um, my expectations for this version mm-hmm. was that there are going to be heavy emotions dealing with loss. And that there are going to be a-holes who try to control distribution of goods. Okay. And that there's going to be stupid hair. 
like sideburns. I think sideburns are the dumbest things to ever have been made. You don't have sideburns. It's like, what, you can't grow out a full beard? You have to only go halfway? Uh, oh, are talking, you only a halfway type of man? Can you, you not talk, complete anything? You're talking like mutton chops. Yeah, these, mutton chops. These are little sideburns. Oh, those, those are fine. Okay. But yeah, those stupid mutton chops mm-hmm. slash sideburns. I can't stand those right. things. Okay. It's like, I don't understand. But I said there's also going to be a lot of rape. Specifically dealing with the concept of breeders, of okay. which women will be used like cows. Was that in the, was that, do you remember that being in the new version? There was a group of people who okay. would kidnap women oh, in wow. order to like procreate. Okay. And two, in all of these post apocalyptic wasteland type right. shows, there's always rape gangs. Right, yeah. Who like control women and, you know. Tasha Yar would, would know about that. Oh my God. <laughs> Tasha Yar. And what really pisses me off about stuff like that is that there's never any good men in post-apocalyptic wastelands. Think about it. There never is. It's like, okay, no. so say you were to survive. Yeah, me, yes. Are you suddenly going just... to become a rapist? No, no Exactly. Not. There are still going to be really good men out there. Right, right, right. In fact, most men are actually quite good. Most people are at least baseline decent Yeah, they're people. not just going to suddenly <laughs> be like, you know what? Rape farms sound great. Yeah, yeah. I am into this. Yeah. I don't have to get wine or bather or yeah. <laughs> I can just take what I want. Right. No massages, no foreplay. <laughs> Let's just get down to the rape. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, come on. This, uh, yeah, I, I you're agree. not suddenly going to become a rapist. I, well, that doesn't really happen in here. There is a no. brief scene of an assault. Well, that's because those are like gangbangers anyway. But that's like early on. That's not, yeah, the, that's the, not even. The plague hasn't really even happened yet. That's exactly. more of like things are. Society's kind of crumbling a bit, yeah. but we haven't really taken it seriously yet, mm-hmm. so we're just, like, messing with people. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it's not, I mean, it was pretty disturbing, but she doesn't get raped, guys. She, she gets away. She does not. She gets, she gets away. away. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, Which is great. Because I was like, man, I don't want to watch this. Uh, there was a lot of, like, they really played with a lot of your expectations yeah. at times. Like mm-hmm. like you said, there was this one scene where Liza Minnelli is running after the driving car. She hears a car because yeah. everything's dead. She yeah. hears a car and it's like, oh my God, that means there's a living person. Mm-hmm. She's running through the forest trying to like get to, that get car. to this car. And she misses and, her by like... Like just misses just her. Just misses her. And it's just... And you were just sitting there like, get to the car. You need them to get together. Yeah, like, I was like, my two favorite women in this show, get together and be friends. Thelma and Louise is <laughs> but you know, but they, it doesn't happen, no. which is also very British. Yeah, of being like, yeah, life doesn't work out that way. Right, um, right. Anything um, else you want? But to no, those those were definitely my expectations. Okay, I don't know that did it. I guess in the first episode, maybe the uh, the show mutton is... chops were bad. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying, grow a full beard. Your mutton chops are stupid. Right. You can only do things half-assed. Really? Right. You're not a real man unless you grow a real beard. <laughs> exactly. Just saying. There you go. Um, I predicted that it would be a Mm slow-paced but well-acted thriller Mm -hmm. full of cultural British references that would have been relevant at the time, but would go careening over my head into the void of space. But, no. Actually, it was very topical. Nail on the head, man. (laughs) For this week, I actually pulled out some survivor facts. Do you want to hear about some survivors? I do. Facts! Facts! (laughs) Okay, the first one I almost didn't pull because I feel like... People know this one. Okay. But then I'm like, you know what? Maybe people don't anymore. Right. Um, so we're going to talk about Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571. Mm-hmm. It was a small plane that was chartered to fly from Montevideo, Uruguay, to Santiago, Chile. They're crossing over the Andes Mountains. And the pilot was inexperienced. And even though all of his instruments said, you're not there yet. Right. He was like, we're there. 
And so he just started landing in the middle of the mountains, and the back part of the plane just flew off. Oh, wow. So they crashed into the Andes Mountains. Most of the people died. They were 11,000 feet in, into western Argentina. Oof, that's high up there. Very high up there. No, So there's no vegetation, no animals, right. just snow, and they're crappy. Plants. Maybe some rock. And maybe some rock. There were some search efforts that went on for about eight days, but because the plane was white and it was laying on oh, a white no. field, they couldn't see the plane, so they gave up the search after eight days. These people, which included the Uruguayan rugby team, lasted for 72 more days. Wow. Like, I guess double what wow. we've been in self-quarantine. Like two and for, a half months. Yeah, two and a half months with well, no food. Woo. So they eventually decided that they would eat their preserved dead because they were in the snow, right. so they were able to keep them longer. Oh, well, if they're already dead, that, okay. Yeah, no, I no, can no. see that. I mean, oh, no, if you're, like, having anyone. to choose people for death, like, that's, that's and, and something else. And for them, else. From, from all accounts, this was, like, their last resort, but it was yeah. like, we don't have any more of the plain food left. These people are dead, so we're just going to have to do what we have to do. So they would eat the people. Eventually, two of the players, Nando Parado and Roberto Canessa, end up climbing 15,000 feet, hiked for 10 days without equipment, and eventually found um, like a farmstead. Oh, wow. And this whole situation would become known as the Miracle of the Andes and was the basis of the 90s movie Alive, which is why I didn't really want to bring it up because I feel like maybe people see it, but I'm like, you know what? That movie's really old kind of at this point, so maybe people need to revisit it. It's a good movie if Mm. you've never seen it, so. And those were the only two survivors? No, no, no. There was quite a few, actually. There was like... Think. I don't remember what the exact number. They were just the two to seek help. They were. They left okay. everyone there while they went to because they didn't want to like risk everybody's life. Right. And at that point, a lot of people like were really sick. Yeah. At that point, eating dead people. Well, yeah, because of all protein diet, and they're only eating a little because you can't eat that much. Right. So you know, so they're basically starving, but just barely hanging on. Yeah. So this one was kind of an interesting one. Okay. This is about Julianne Cope. I'm going to call her Kopeck. I might be wrong about this. K-O-E, if you want to look it up, it's on Wikipedia. K-O-E-P-C-K-E. Okay. Also in the 70s and also in South America and also involving a plane. Wow. If you're living in the 1970s, (laughs) don't ever go to South America. Uh, Julianne, in 1971, Julianne was a high school student traveling with her mother to a rainforest outpost that her parents had established. Okay. On December 23rd, the plane was flying and was actually struck by lightning. And Wikipedia actually described it as the plane disintegrating in midair. Wow, because it was uh, the lightning. Because yeah. of lightning. It just boof. Wow. She was strapped to her chair. Mm-hmm. She hurtled 10,000 feet wow. like a blazing pubescent blonde <laughs> meteorite through the midnight sky, in through the flashing lightning and rain, wow. landed in the rainforest and survived. <laughs> Holy crap. All she suffered was a, well, I mean, all she suffered. All she suffered. All she suffered all she was suffered. just... But a broken collarbone, a gash in her leg, and she had a swollen eye. And she also lost her glasses, on, as you might imagine. Oh, no. So she's basically blind. Oh, no. She gathered up as much holiday, because it was Christmas. Right. She gathered up as much holiday candy as she could from the wreckage. Right. Wow. Clever. And she found a river, and she waded knee-deep, like she had been taught by her father, because they were, like, into the forest. And he's like, find a river, go downstream, follow the river, you'll right. eventually find... People. People. Because people always live near rivers. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's a civilization yeah. always built around rivers. Yeah. So she walked and walked and walked and walked, and she eventually found an abandoned shelter with a small boat. Okay. She found gasoline there, poured gasoline in her gash to kill the maggots that were eating her leg. Whoa. <laughs> eventually, a group of fishermen found her there, brought her to a hospital, and she's actually still alive to this day. Wow, that's impressive. And I should actually say, uh, a lot of the alive guys, a lot of the, yeah. they're still alive too. They're wow. in their, their 70s now. Wow. I and, can only imagine. Oh, wow. And she was actually the subject of a, a Werner Herzog a documentary or film or something. So okay. I don't remember what it was called, but I'm sure you can find it if right, you right. look it up. Okay, our last survivor was Harrison Okenye. Uh, this is recent. Okay. This is in 2013. He was a Nigerian cook on a tugboat that capsized off the coast of Africa. Right. The ship flipped completely upside down and sank to the bottom of the ocean 100 But feet. there's that air pocket. There was an air wow. pocket. So in the pitch black, freezing water, oh my God. he somehow scoped out a light kind of in the back of the boat. So okay. while it's filling up and freezing, he was also able to get a couple supplies. He was able to get some Coke cans and some food, I guess. Wow. He found this pocket of light. He stacked mattresses so he would stay out of the water. Okay. And he stayed there for three days. Holy crap. So in the black water. In the water, cold, dark. He, he said he could also hear sharks and barracuda eating his friends. Oh his my God. And I can't imagine how terrifying this must have been Ugh. for him. So he sat there for three days surviving. Mm -hmm. And people were like, well, the ship went down. There's no survivors. So they right. went down to investigate the wreck and popped up next to him while he's in this air pocket and found him alive. Oh my God. And they're like, God. holy crap, you're still alive. So they got him some air scuba gear right. and got him out and he survived and he was actually able to survive they say because normally you'd fill up that small of an air pocket full of co2 and you die yeah. but because of the water pressure and the coldness it actually slowed the molecules it slowed the molecules i guess enough that he was able wow. to actually survive on just that little bit of air wow that much and again he is still alive wow so wow I thought those were pretty interesting yeah, stories about survival. You that's know? pretty amazing. So, let's get into Survivors 1975. Wow. So, I wanted to start out first just talking about this. Apparently, the opening sequence of the show is considered one of the most memorable and frightening titles. This is according to IMDb, okay. ever made for television. Okay. And it actually shows, this is where the, like, right from the get-go, if you're living in the world today right you're like wow so the show is about a virus that escapes from china right through air travel infects the rest of the world major metropolitan centers right. such as rome right new york city <laughs> yeah and london yeah i said at this point i'm like this one is hitting really close to home right now yeah so, yeah, I was not a fan of having to watch this right now. Yeah. Like, back in 08 when I watched it, I was like, haha, this is kind of fun. But it was fiction. Well, actually, that was one of the, <laughs> the one of the last things I actually wrote in terms of my notes. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wondered if I would appreciate this show more uh -huh. or less if I wasn't currently living in with COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wasn't yeah. sure if it made me feel better or worse. Because, mm -hmm. like, on the one hand... The virus depicted in the show is way worse than what we're like the it's a ninety well it's a ninety nine percent mortality rate. This is true. <laughs> you know, like as opposed to a two or three percent mortality right. rate. 
I'm not diminishing two to three percent. No, and, no. And I'm not diminishing the how much that taxes the hospital system yes. and everything. I mean, and everybody who's doing a fantastic job. And this show tackles that head on too. Yes, they do. He, Liza Minnelli. Yeah. She goes to her her boyfriend at one point, and he's a doctor, and he's like, "We've stopped admitting people. Yeah, we're, we're just, turning people away. We're giving them flu shots." And she's like, "Wasn't well, that helping?" He's like, "I might as well be pumping them full of water." Yeah. It's, virus that's stronger than the flu yeah but our government is telling us to tell people it's not as bad as the flu yeah that so just get a flu shot you'll be fine that you, you get the flu shot you'll be fine it's gonna be okay like because yeah. we don't want people to panic and at that point she's like excuse me panic yeah and then he tells her you need to get out of the city yeah i have this i'm asymptomatic right mm-hmm. well it stays asymptomatic a little bit longer than COVID 19 but mm-hmm. he's like he says it takes six days for it to peak. yes and he's like, I'm on day three. Mm-hmm. And in only three... one person has survived this. Yeah, yeah. Even though they out have... of all of the people that have come in, only one one person. person. Yeah. So yeah, so that's their 99 percent. Yeah. Survival rate. One percent of people one. survive. Yeah. So actually, it's less than a percent, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So going into watching it like that, it's yeah, it's, pretty... it was brutal. It's pretty crazy. It was brutal. And I had a hard time being like, so how are we supposed to talk about this? Yeah, how can you be I was like, fl- how flippant can... maybe yeah. about something like this? I was like, I really, I can't joke about anything here other than they're dumb sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I mean, and it's the fact not... she's playing tennis without a bra. I think, yeah. I was like, good God, woman, put a bra I, on. I think what is more astounding about mm-hmm. this thing and what I probably, I have no complaints about the show. No, I'm not really going to make fun of too much about mm-hmm. it. I'm pretty much just going to sit here in awe of all the things that they got so right. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. everything from, like you said, social distancing. She runs, Liza Minnelli runs into a a homeless man or supposedly a homeless man. And and he's like, you stay away from me. stay away from me. You keep your distance. And he says, he even says, I don't want anyone near me and I don't want to be near anyone else. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be swapping germs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and she kind of takes a few steps towards him. He's, He's like, like, you stop right there. You stop right there. <laughs> yeah. And then you have self-isolation uh-huh. where, well, it was interesting because the show starts off with just this vague idea of this foreign virus that's like the flu. Mm-hmm. Some people have died, but it's not right. a big deal. Right. We're going to get through this. Yeah. But they've kind of taken the first steps towards self-quarantining. Mm-hmm. And a rich woman's son is at a at a private school yeah. far, far away. And they're being told, like, he's not being allowed to come home because of this. Right. Like, they're all having to stay there. And, 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 then, and then the husband guy, mm-hmm. who's kind of a douche. Yeah. He dies. <laughs> he dies. Not that he deserves it, but he eh, dies. He dies. He's a don't, don't worry about it. It goes into my whole theory that you always kill the kind of douchey people so you don't spend the whole episode, <laughs> like, mourning their deaths. Right. <laughs> it was also very real to what we're dealing with right now he's very concerned about the economy yeah he's like people aren't going to work you know yeah and even the homeless guy's like hey when all this is over there's going to be plenty of work for all of us (laughs) people but (laughs) yeah i was like wow that's brutal so already they're talking about comparing it to the flu Mm -hmm. they're talking about social distancing they're talking about self-quarantining they're talking about how the economy economy and how we need to get back and like yeah you know, oh, these silly people are all... This whole office building took the entire day off. Yeah. How silly. Like, mm-hmm. they're just wasting money. You should just be going to work regardless. So, uh, I mean, they even talk about the 1918 mm-hmm. flu epidemic, yeah. which they've been talking about with the wrong date right? a lot in the news yes. today. Mm-hmm. So, it was just really crazy how 
prescient this show was. Yes. Like, and I'm assuming he did a lot of research. Mm. The writers did a lot of research of, like, what would actually happen. Right. And I'm kind of disappointed nobody in today's world actually sat and watched this show, which would have <laughs> told you what exactly would have happened. Yeah. So I don't, do I say I like the show for that? I don't know. I find it fascinating. Right. And I, and I like the storytelling and I like the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find it extremely well done. But I don't want to watch anymore right now. <laughs> I would watch more after this is That's all That's what said I said. Not done. right now. Not right now. Not right now. Because especially this is only the first episode. Yeah. And like. You if know I have, it's going to get worse. And if I have to watch where this goes afterwards, <laughs> yeah. it might get really depressing. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I said, there's kind of a, there's some little bit of optimism you can get out of it saying, well, it's like. Well, at least it wasn't that. <laughs> but then on the other hand, you think it could one day be that. Right. And is it going to be exactly like it is right now? Like, this could have been way worse. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's way worse for anybody who's lost anyone yes. during this whole thing. Yes. Like, so, I don't know. It, it, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, what did you like about the show? Or what, what would you say about the show? Oh, I feel like I've already said in my film. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I love the fact that there's female protagonists and that they are the main characters. Yeah. And that they are so well-rounded and well-written. Well, and like the Liza character, her sister has the virus. Yeah. And she leaves to go get her boyfriend doctor yeah. who, you know, like I said, tells her to get out of the city. Yeah. He comes back to her apartment and by the time they get there, the sister's dead. And Liza Minnelli character... Now I feel really flippant saying it like that. But, like, <laughs> she's really upset because she's like, she died, and she died alone. No one was with her. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, that's what's happening, like, yeah. right now. Yeah, it's horrific. You Absolutely know. horrific. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they even talk about, like, if the death rates continue, we don't have space to bury these people. Yeah, that's why he wants Liza Minnelli to get out of the city. He's like, because it's going to fill up with typhoid and cholera, cholera. Mm-hmm. because of all these dead bodies that they can't bury. They can't, yeah. They're not burning. Yeah. Because nobody wants to burn mm-hmm. them or whatever, which is a really not nice thing. What is the word I'm looking for here? I don't even know yeah, the word. Yeah, it's hard to kind of... It's hard to describe this show. It is very hard to describe without sounding so dismissive, without sounding too intense. Yeah, I don't want to sound dismissive of mm-hmm. real life suffering. But what she, what our spoiled rich woman had to do mm-hmm. was she burned her husband's body. Yeah. She couldn't move it from the house. Yeah. Because... He's too heavy. He's too heavy and she's extremely thin. Uh-huh. Just saying. Just saying. She's extremely thin. I couldn't tell. Like I said, it was like watching TV underwater. Mm. So she couldn't move him, but she knew that she had to to properly bury him somehow. Yeah. So even though all of these doctors aren't burning the mass piles of dead that they have, Mm -hmm. she at least knows to do that. Right. Yes. Yes. And amazing is not the word. Nice isn't the word. I I think fascinating is the word I'm going to go with, too, a lot. There's just not really any decent words to properly express this. I mean, like, if you can say the word amazing, but not in a positive sense, but amazing in the sense of, like, shocking or awe. (laughs) Right. Like like how Eddie Izzard once says, like, Awesome in America. But yeah, that's become... how the show ends is she burns her house down with her husband's body inside. That's, yeah, that's literally credits. That is, that is how it ends. <laughs> and I was like, wow, dang. Now, one, <laughs> one thing I have noticed is, and I think this is just part of living in the world today, mm-hmm. is I've become hyper vigilant to people touching their faces. Yeah, so we kept watching and, and like she shared sh- her glass, her alcoholic glass, even mm-hmm. though she's been sweating. And uh, in the show, um, 
your arms kind of hurt. They have uh, bumps or like a, yeah. a or like some kind of um, polyps or something. Yeah, That's something the, in your underarms. One of the symptoms. And um, and so she glands, goes, I guess, glands, maybe like yeah, glands. swollen glands. And she goes to touch it, so you know that she's she's sick. got it. Yeah, you know she's sick. And she she drinks her alcohol or whatever, and then like pours another glass for her husband, and he drinks it. And I was like, oh. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead. He's and then dead. He, and then she gets really sick. So he runs out and gets their doctor friend. Yeah. Who says this is a different doctor. Yeah. This is the rich people doctor rather than the then philandering the, doctor. The GM. Yeah. Uh, and I'll get into that. But yeah. No GP. GP. Yeah. GP. <laughs> Not the general manager. He's the general manager <laughs> of this hospital. <laughs> he goes and sees him, and uh, the doctor's like, "My wife died." Yeah. It was incredibly British how this guy did not like say I'm sorry or show any yeah. kind of sympathy. Yeah, I was for this like, man. maybe you should say I'm it sorry. Took, it took a long. You and I were like holding our breath, and then finally he's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And we're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> show a little bit of concern. <laughs> but then the doctor hands him a flask, and they yeah. both drink out of the flask, yes. and you know yep. that he's drank out of her glass. Yeah. I mean, not that it matters because they live together anyway, yeah. but like you know. You just see it spreading so fast. And the doctor says he attributes it to a Jewish joke, which yeah, he I don't said think something is quite like that. right. But I didn't really understand it. Can you explain it? I to looked me? it up, and basically, it actually comes from the Torah or the okay. Old Testament, mm-hmm. from Jeremiah ten five. Okay, it actually concerns scarecrows in a cucumber patch. What does that have to do with this? And basically, well, the saying is what he he said is it won't do any good, but it can't do any harm either. What the flu shot? That well, and specifically, the doctor was talking about sharing the flask. He's like, "Here, do you want a drink of this?" Oh, because he knows they're all doomed. Yeah, and he's like, "It's not going to do you any good to drink any alcohol, but you know what? We're all kind of screwed anyway. Oh, okay. You might as well have a drink and kind of level off right. your your, your right. feelings or whatever." Okay. And I and I, I made a note actually of that line too because that's the second time I've heard. That line in two days, oh. in totally disparate way. Wow. So I was like, and that's why I even looked it up. I'm like, well, where does it come from? So it's not a joke. Okay. It actually comes from a story in uh, the Torah. Ah, uh, okay, so okay. The okay. Old Testament from okay. Jeremiah. Okay. Oh, and another thing that they did in this was a the homeless guy when he was talking to Liza Minnelli about social distancing. He also compares it to wartime. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what we're doing today. Right. You know, like it's so crazy. It was extremely weird. Um, Very much spot on. And I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> uh, another thing I thought was, again, I'm going to use the word fascinating. Okay. Uh, it, like, just if you could compartmentalize the show and kind of not put your emotions into it, which is very difficult. Because right. like I said, by the end, I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> they had a really cool moment where... Rich woman travels, Mrs. Liza Minnelli, mm-hmm. she travels to her son's school, and she gets there. No, Liza Minnelli is the ri- is not the rich woman. No, I know. She misses Liza Minnelli yes, coming yes. out of the forest. The rich yeah. woman drives, that's, yeah. well, that's where she's going. Yes. She's going to her son's school to yeah. see if he's okay. Yeah. And she gets to school, and like all the kids are dead in their beds. Yeah, that was harsh. harsh. She's about to leave. Oh, she sees that her son's bed is mm-hmm. made, though, so she's right. like, has a little hope that maybe he's okay. Right. And she's about to leave, and she sees a light. And at one point, you're like, it's really blurry. Is that a light she's in? I'm like, yeah, that's a light. <laughs> so she goes to this light. And I don't know who that man was. I don't know if he was the dean of students. I don't or think he was the dean of students. I think he was just, like, the man. communications officer. Okay. He, yeah, and he's, like, manning the ham radios yeah. that the boys made and whatever. And he's trying to – he's not getting anything. Maybe he was a professor there. I think he may have been a professor because yeah. he knew a lot. Yeah, he, very, he did. Yeah. And actually, he has to have been a professor. Or he has to be yeah. a learned individual because his 
speech is amazing, but it only really works if you realize he's like a really smart guy. And yes. He came off as smart, so yeah. we're gonna say that. Yeah. And not that you, not that <laughs> being a communications officer doesn't mean you're smart. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I know. What you mean. But he he says to her to the rich woman, he's like, the problem for us survivors mm-hmm. is we have to learn everything all over again. And yeah. she's like, well, what are you talking about? There's plenty of preserved food. Yeah. There's this, that, and the other thing. And he's like. Yeah, and that will help for a while, mm-hmm. but there's a candle on the table over there. Could you make one? <laughs> and she's like, I'm certain I could. He's like, do you know where you would get the wax? Yeah. Where would you get all this information? He's like, mm-hmm. what about a light bulb? Yeah. Okay, and she's like, well, I could look it up in a book. And he's like, fine, you looked it up in a book. Do you know how to shape the glass and right. put the filaments in? And like, yeah. like it's like the basic, basic stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you might be able to actually understand electricity, but do you know how to do the, the foundational yeah. stuff to get there? Like we were talking mm-hmm. about the movies earlier. It's like yeah. the, the foundation has to be there. And if you don't know how to shape glass, right. then it doesn't matter if you can mine the ores that you need yeah. to... You have yeah, to because be a, you have to mine ore. You have to dig for oil. And, and you know, and he's like, yeah, you have yeah. to, you know, how to you have to purify it. it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how to do that? Yeah. And do you know how to make the tools that you need to refine exactly. it? Exactly. And and turtles all the way down. Like, mm-hmm. do you know how to do this? And that's the, mm-hmm. and the other thing. And this guy comes to this realization. He says, this obviously learned person yeah. is like, I could maybe make a stone tool. Yeah. I could maybe make an axe out yeah. of a rock. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't know how to do anything else. Well, even then, he's like, and I'm running low on batteries for my hearing aid, so I'm not going to be surviving much longer. Yeah, yeah. Now he was, already knows he's going to he die. Did die. He's like, I have two batteries left. Yeah. I mean, I suppose he could probably. He's like, and then I'll be completely deaf. Yeah. I mean, I'm suppose he could search for more batteries. Yeah. But like, ultimately, he's like, I'm not built to survive this world. Yeah. Well, even then, and I was like, well, don't leave him. Yeah. You guys need to stick together. But she leaves him. Yeah. uh, Which is mind-blowing to me that these survivors... Now, Liza Minnelli is trying Mm -hmm. to seek out other people. Yeah, she's trying to find other people. But now this rich woman is just like, no, I'm leaving everybody behind Yeah, in order to find my son. I don't care who you are. I'm not going to help you out. Yeah. And he does tell her that her son and a group of boys who didn't seem to be sick... Went out with camping gear yeah. with, like, I think one of the teachers or yeah, something like that. Yeah, because they were trying to self-isolate. Yeah, they were trying to self-isolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Liza Minnelli, she finds the first homeless man. Yeah. And then she finds another man. Yeah. And it's a little heavy-handed, but I did appreciate it. Yeah. He's kind of sketchy this whole time. She realizes he has the virus. Yeah, and she's like, well, I'm either dead either way. Right. Or I've survived this completely and I'm completely immune. So she's just like, I just want to hang out. I just want cool? I just want some per, I want some interaction, yeah. human interaction. And this guy doesn't seem very interested, but he he's kind yeah. of sketchy and kind of but yeah. she's just like I just want to be near a person. Yeah. And then she wakes up the next but morning. But he's so sick he can't yeah. uh like argue with her. Yeah. yeah. And she stokes the fire and stuff mm-hmm. for him cuz it was about to go out cuz he couldn't do that even. Yeah. And the next morning she wakes up and he's dead. And so then she tries to get through his packs. He's yeah. clutching these things like yeah. these precious items and she opens it up. And it's just a bag full of money. Yeah, he was like a bank robber or something. Or he had like been looting or yeah. something. And she just throws the money on the ground like, this is worth yeah, it. Yeah, she she looks at it and she's just like, this sucks. Yeah. Well, you couldn't be carrying a can Food of beans. Food or a knife or yeah. a gun or something that yeah. might actually help me. Here I am with paper wads of paper money. Yeah, I can't do jack with this. This is nothing to me. Yeah. So, awesome show. I think, <laughs> I think the only thing that... I would complain about. Mm-hmm. There's two things. I'll, I'll give you two things. Okay, okay. 
The sound guy and the sound editing on the show was not great. No, it was terrible. But keep in mind, this is the original from 1975. This right. is not an updated re-release. I understand that, but I mean, we there's a scene where we she's frying bacon. We are a bit bacon. spoiled on excellent quality. There's a scene where she's frying bacon and you can hear nothing in the scene. But the but frying the bacon. bacon. They're having a whole conversation and all, it's like they put the mic by the bacon. Yeah, they did. And that's all you could hear. And then earlier after she gets done playing tennis without a bra, yeah. she, she comes home and they like ADR her breathing. Yeah, and it was seriously heavy. <sighs> but like, but then, but it would be like she was talking through the breath too. Yes, it was so weird. It was really not well done. No. And the other, the only thing that those are kind of nitpicky things. Nitpicky. I'm just giving something to nitpick about. But the only thing that I wasn't sure about and I would like to talk to you about uh-huh. is some of the more soap opera elements. Like the fact that her boyfriend doctor was cheating on her with her sister. Yes. And like, she knew about it for years. Yeah, okay, so her sister's dying. She goes to the hospital. She gets her boyfriend, who I didn't even really realize was her boyfriend. Right. She brings him back. Her sister's dead, and he's kind of like, uh, you should get out of town, whatever. And she's like... How can you not be more upset, upset by that she's this? Dead. You were you were having an affair with her. You've been sleeping with her for years. For years, and that's like as brief as that moment is. Yeah. And I don't think it really brought anything to the table. Yeah. I, when that happened, I was like, "What?" I was like, "Oh, is this where this oh, is gonna go?" Because don't take this down, because right now it's excellent. Because nothing had anything to do with it. Like I said, it wasn't even really established that that right. was her boyfriend. It was just a could have been a friend. Yeah. So I was kind of a little bit. Those kind of moments, and I hope the show doesn't go mm-hmm. too deeply into those types of moments in the future. Yeah. So do you want to hear what other people said? Yes. So I got a few IMDb reviews. I got two negative. No, no IMDb reviews. There aren't any. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. There was not nary an IMDb review. No. If you watch this show, you guys should go out there and... And leave a review. And you should tell people about this show. I'm, I, I'm, I'm tentative to be like, you should watch it. But with not, warnings. I don't, I don't. I, I really want to send you in with warnings. I don't want anyone to put themselves in a position where they're upsetting themselves or getting upset yes. or freaking out. Yes. People are full of anxiety right now, so right. I don't really know that, like, if you're prone to mm-hmm. getting anxiety from watching these Oh, things, and before we hit up the reviews, too, and let me interrupt you on that, I just thought of something else that they were talking about. The kind of douchey conservative guy, he was also like, oh, but we'll be fine. We're in rural areas. Yes. It doesn't affect us here in the country. Yeah. And they, that's exactly what happened here in Georgia. Yeah, exactly. Because the governor didn't bother isolating anybody because he was like, oh, most of us is well, and rural anyway. And that's what's happening in the Midwest right now. Yeah. A lot of those states like Nebraska mm-hmm. and South Dakota, they had no shelter-in-place stuff because they didn't have that many they're like, we're, we're in the country. We're not going to be affected. We're, 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 not, we're not California. We're not New York. Yep. We're not high population mm-hmm. density. And now we're finding now. It doesn't matter. Viruses don't care about population. Yeah. Or as that guy said in the stream, they don't care about your politics. They don't care about your religion. Yeah. Virus will get you. Yeah. It's yeah. what it does. It has no brain. It's just it that's will what it does. get you if you let it spread. Exactly. So these people... Like, yeah, in the Midwest now are having troubles. Now yep. it's blowing up there, yep. I think, 200, 300% mm-hmm. because they weren't. Exactly. So, yeah, that's another mm-hmm. weird parallel between yeah. the show. It's, ama- it's, again, amazing, fascinating, crazy yes. how accurately this depicts mm-hmm. what actually happened. Yes. Like, it, this actually happened. Yeah. But, I mean, like, and I say the the one good thing is, thankfully, we're not dealing with that. Right. You know, like yeah. something that kills ninety nine percent of people. Again, 
I don't <laughs> want to sound callous. See, again, it sounds so dismissive. I mean, like, you know, you know you're, you're thankful yeah. that it's not worse, but you're also, it, it, this is a heavy episode, but yeah. I mean, it's like, you can't help but be upset because, I mean, you can't diminish what's happening. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, so anyway. Like these people who are like, oh, 2% is nothing. Oh, it's still a big deal if when someone ta- you know dies. Is it a big deal? It's still an effing big deal if anybody dies. And when you're talking about millions of people. Yeah. When you're talking about billions, 2% is a huge-ass number. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean. So, I mean, like, yeah. This isn't something scrawny. But, yeah, I mean, that's what the, yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Moving on. Let's anyway. let's stop yelling at what's really happening right now. <laughs> okay. I don't know if we're helping or not. We're not helping. I don't helping. think we're helping. We're not helping. <laughs> I don't think we're helping. <laughs> so, the first review I got was two out of five stars on Amazon. It says, mm-hmm. the first season was pretty good. Yeah. All else is boring is sin. Yeah, that's like the worst review I could find. Yeah, and <laughs> by that, being like the first season is great, <laughs> it does seem to be that I did see that a lot in mm-hmm. the reviews that the first season is better mm-hmm. than the other two seasons. But yeah. again, we're just basing it off of one episode. Yeah, so. and off this one episode, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, this person said boring. First season was the best. Mm-hmm. Second season might as well be watching the five a.m. farm report. <laughs> Too bored to even watch third season. Sorry. Yeah. Seymour is in the first season. She's the the rich woman. Right. They fired her. Big mistake. Whoa. Big mistakey. Big mistakey. I would agree with that. Yeah. She She's great. Carries a show. Yeah. Someone now got kind of a lukewarm review. Yeah. It says okay, but also disappointing. That was three stars. It was three stars. It said I thought this post-apocalyptic show would live up to its reputation in other reviews. Mm-hmm. Each show, especially, I, I picked this specifically for what they say about season two because yeah. I think it sounds interesting. Yeah. Each show, especially in season two, stands alone with a different author. What? New characters are uh. introduced in each new show, and most are never seen again. Oh, wow. Most stories are new, quote-unquote, thoughts hmm. in each show, and there isn't any continuity to future shows. Okay. The remake of Survivors, which you've seen, yeah. which has many... Few episodes? <laughs> How has, does that work? I don't know. Which okay. has many few episodes is superior, in my opinion. And, then, you know, that could be just modern bias. Yeah. You know. But I did kind of like the idea. Okay, I like the idea that the first season has, like, a, a continuing story arc. Yeah. But I do kind of like the idea of just, like, standalone short stories. Well, of we like, were talking about that in Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah. Remember, I was like, well, why don't they just follow a new set of people in The Walking Dead? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just do, like, little short stories yeah. of how different people are coping with this yeah, situation. Yeah, so that's what they tried here, and clearly people weren't yeah. into it. Yeah, exactly. I guess not. So people aren't into that, and they're not into, like, a new episode with new characters. <laughs> it's like, but, well, we can't please you. But here, here <laughs> is our most positive. It was written two, you know, three years ago, okay. almost exactly three years ago. Uh, haven't watched the whole series yet, so so this is crazy for this person mm-hmm. who just watched this three years ago. Yeah. But uh, he said, or she said, I don't know, Z. Person's name is Z. <laughs> I'm impressed with what I've seen so far. This is grimmer than I'd expect from something done for the BBC yeah. in the '70s. At times, it's almost as harsh as The Walking Dead. I think harsher. Way Because, I mean, you're talking about zombies. I mean, like, you can't really no take contest. that ever. You, it can you be, can't take zombies seriously. This is, like, obviously something that could happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't take zombies no. or whatever. Zombies or vampires, no. That's not going to happen. Uh, it says, which it resembles a lot, but without the zombies or the gore. And that's exactly what I was hoping for when I bought it. Mm. Like The Walking Dead. So they wanted something really grim, but just not gory grim. Mm. 
the actions of the other people are the source of the worst problems, mm-hmm. and there are plenty of bad ones here. Mm-hmm. One vigilante group is reminiscent of Negan and the Saviors from The Walking Dead, which is like a big deal. Okay. I know you don't know the no. comics or anything, so that's a big deal. Okay. He's a bad dude. Okay. It's fairly realistic in its depiction of a SHTF scenario, mm-hmm. although it is a little weird that supplies are so hard to come by when nearly everyone in the country is dead. Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Talk to the people who are trying to find toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Right now, buddy. So I guess it isn't so far-fetched after all. <laughs> and and it, he addresses that in the first episode anyway. Yeah. He says, like, yeah, I mean, you'll you'll be able to find stuff for a yeah. while, but yeah. it's going to get... There's there's also a limit. Mm-hmm. Eventually, that's going to diminish. going to run out, yeah. Yeah. They're scrambling for scraps already when the apocalyptic event only recently happened. But I guess it wouldn't be as dramatic or suspenseful if they were flush with food and ammo. So that's easy to overlook for the sake of the story. Mm-hmm. Overall, very good series, and I'm hoping the episodes I haven't watched yet will hold up. Mm-hmm. So they probably read yeah. the other reviews and was like, I don't know. Uh, oh, season two. <laughs> okay, so 1970s. Survivors. Survivors. Do you uh-huh. green like this series? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. Yes, I do. Especially with that like naive cockiness of like like yeah, yeah. let's show someone how it might happen, and yeah. then we can clone dinosaurs. You know, like right. <laughs> it's never really gonna happen. Right, right. But yeah, like absolutely, I think so. Yeah. You have to. You have to. And I. I and like I said, well, I, the seventies too were that huge boom of real science fiction, where yeah. all of their um, like, insane monster movies and and stuff like that happened in the seventies. You've got your start of Michael Crichton, yeah, who all of his were science based. I mean, it, it is more without sounding pretentious, but mm-hmm. that that idea of speculative fiction. Yes, you that's take exactly real fiction, what it was. a real science, I should yes. say, and you extrapolate where that right. goes. Right, and Michael Crichton did that a lot. He did that a lot. He did a that lot. a lot, a lot, and most of it were was pretty spot on. Pretty good. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can see what's going to happen with dinosaurs. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there is a lot of other ones uh, that had that. I can't exactly remember all of them, but one had to do with like all those frogs in the swamp. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, well, that's called Frogs. Oh, was it called Frogs? Yeah, yeah that was great. That was <laughs> that, great. That was a good one. That, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there is that that feeling. So I mean, like, so in the seventies, they probably extrapolated exactly what would happen. In one this. one day, mm-hmm. I would like to actually watch this series all the way through. Oof. But well, maybe not. I don't know. I think it's a fantastic show. It's well acted. Mm-hmm. I think it's. It's worth checking out. It is worth checking out. Now, will I continue watching it? Hells to the no. I would, if I'm going to do it, <laughs> it's going to be months, maybe years right. from now yeah. when I'm looking through our backlog of right. episodes and I'm like, oh, remember when we did that British show? We that was pretty that good. Out. We should check that out. Remember when that whole COVID-19 thing was going oh, on? Oh, right. That's that's long done and over. We're on to something worse now. <laughs> We're on to something. Because for some odd reason, it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> We're into Super Ebola now. Yeah, right. God, so, I don't doubt it. It just keeps getting worse. It's going to get better. All of it just and keeps we, getting worse. We need to let people know that it is going to get better. Well, I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about everything else. <laughs> okay. Well, just The pandemic on. is kind of a blip. Okay. So, if things get better in the world, I'll probably watch the rest of the show. Right, if right. If things never get better, this is the only episode I'll ever watch. For sure. In the meantime, with that cheery thought... Yeah, we should probably end it happily, since I got super negative and cynical on that. No, I, I don't think... It's not... Like we said, it's not really a show... It's not Shark versus Whale Wolf. We should have done Zombo. We should, Zombo would have been probably more fun. We should have just done fun. Zombo. 
I, but I don't think it would have been as interesting. Right. It would have been this. another boring zombie show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But anyway, piloting the pilot will always rue the day we didn't do Zombo. <laughs> maybe later, maybe for <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Remind us, Zombo. <laughs> Which is also another British show, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Piloting the Pilots releases each Tuesday and can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. As always, you can contact us with any questions or rebuttals on Twitter at Pilot Pilots or at our email address, pilotingthepilots at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Next week, thank God. Next week, ooh, finally we something got decent. Casper Van Dien. Yeah, my savior. <laughs> This is what we're talking about. This is what we need to get out of. We, we need more monster movies. We're going to watch the movie Alpha Wolf. Yeah, it's a contagion. When a, If a werewolf bites you, pretty much you're going to be a werewolf. If it works for vampires and it works for zombies, mm-hmm. then it's going to work for wolves. Exactly. So, yes. And according to one review, they look like weregerbils. <laughs> I can't wait. Cannot wait. Alpha and... Wolf. Oh, and Nurse Betty is also starring in this. From oh. Sharktopus versus Werewolf. Oh, she's in this one too. Yes, she oh, wow. stars. They do in a this. lot of episodes. They do a lot of shit. Yeah. They're gonna do ah uh, cockroach yeah. together. Ah uh, roach. Ah uh, roach, not cockroach. Ah roach. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that should have been ah roach, but <laughs> but it's written ah roach. And ah uh, cockroach would be a stupid name. Yeah. God, honey. <laughs> but yeah, so everybody just mellow out for the next week. <laughs> Calm down, Aaron. Uh, if you are intellectually curious. Check out Survivors, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you think it might be too much for you, I would avoid it. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, psych yourself up for Alpha Wolf, Casper mm-hmm. Van Dien. It's going to be great, I you am know sure. It. You know it's going to be great. So, until then, stay safe, mm-hmm. keep it up. You're all doing a wonderful job. Exactly. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.